Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Vicky McLeod. For this episode, I had the pleasure of a very lively chat. If you've taken your level one in Spain, then it's quite likely that you were taught by my guest, Coach Nat Diaz. We talk about her career in CrossFit, her humble beginnings in the sport, working her way up to the position of country manager for CrossFit España. We speak about the incredible rise in popularity in CrossFit in Spain and how the pandemic has contributed to that. Nat has also judged elite athletes in CrossFit competitions since 2015 and she has some valuable advice for anyone who's a judge or an athlete. Plus, we discuss the future of CrossFit in Europe. And we talk about her amazing collaborative project with a local hospital in Mallorca, working with people with cancer. So let's get to it. Welcome, Coach Nat Diaz, <laughs> to the Europe is Coming podcast. I'm delighted to have you with us today. I'm just going to run through quickly your, your, uh, your, your current titles. You are a level one, two and three trainer. You are country manager for Spain and you are a member of the seminar staff for level one, level two, CrossFit Kids, Strongman and powerlifting. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was like busy, busy. You're a busy girl. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a bit about yourself now. Where where do you come from? Where, did you, where were you born? Uh, I'm, an, I'm originally from Madrid, but actually I'm, I'm living in Palma, Mallorca. I haven't spent like so much time in Madrid, actually. Like I don't feel like I'm from Madrid, actually, uh, because I've been mm, hanging around, living in Barcelona for seven years, um, living in uh, UK as well for almost a year and a half, and then living in the States uh, as well. Uh, go back to Madrid again, and then I moved to Mallorca. Yeah, so a little bit everywhere. A bit of a nomad. Yeah. How did you get into CrossFit? 11, 12 years ago, I got divorced, and um, I decided to move to the States just to make like kind of a reset in my life. Yeah. Um, at that point, um, I was working in advertising as an art director, but as well, I was working in, in gyms, uh, because it's just, uh, I like it by that time. Um, what were you doing in the gyms? Um, like less meals and stuff like body pump. I was like super crazy about body pump. Okay. And as well, like kind of fitness, like hypertrophy and things like that and cycling again like crazy about cycling as well i moved to miami at the end of february and i was looking for an apartment i crossed like the street and so like a crossfit gym by that time i didn't know it was a crossfit gym and I saw like several people, several guys like hanging from the pull-up bar <laughs> and they were doing like crazy things. I guess it was like probably like keeping pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups. But by that time it was like, <gasps> I don't know what they are doing. Um, I was like, mm, I need to try this. I don't know what is this. So on um, the next day I tried and that's it. And oh, end of the story. You were hooked. I completely. Straight away. Completely. Straight away. It was like, finished the workout. It was something with uh, dumbbell farmer, with farmer curry. Oh, yeah. Um, by the end of the workout, I was like, I think that I have found like something big for me. And uh, definitely it, it was. Just came at the right time. Yeah, that's right it. Right time, right place. Definitely. Did you find your apartment? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I found it. Like, pretty close to the gym, and that was, like, kind of the philosophy that I was, mm. like, having all the time. Like, uh, I was moving through the States. Uh, I was looking always at an apartment close to a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I think yeah. I would do the same. Yeah, I think, yeah, everybody it, does that. It's a really good way to make friends. Yeah. That's well, isn't it? Like you walk into a, a CrossFit gym and you find people that are like you. Yeah. So I completely get it. Yeah. Um, so how did you go from being 
a girl who liked doing CrossFit to being a trainer? Did it just? Did you just become inspired to take it further? Um. Yeah. For for me, on that time, I was like, I was spending like almost eleven years working in advertising world, but like two years before that, I was thinking that I wasn't passionate enough for that job anymore. Um, you probably know you work on the photography mm. uh, world and, you know, it's like a little bit crazy, right? And a little bit. You you work so much and um, it's, I think it's like a parallel world with the rest, right? It's like working so much and for me it wasn't like anymore like something like uh, a work that I can do with like with passion mm. and so yeah I was 30 at that time and I think it was like my first uh, official um, like life crisis yes. <laughs> and since uh, so in the past my parents used to have like a traditional gym like a global gym okay and I've been like spending my entire life always in a gym I've, I've never thought about working uh, in a gym mostly because I think that my parents both of them but especially my mother it was like oh you paint so well you're like you have like these artistic skills that it would be a pity if you don't attend them and mm. work on them uh, so uh, sports wasn't it never was like a choice for me regarding I was like always practicing sports but for me it wasn't that obvious that it it was something that I was just enjoying, but not something like an option for a living. So your mum was kind of steering you away from it. Definitely. Have you Several asked? times in my life, actually. <laughs> Don't go that way. <laughs> you paint a nice picture. That's really funny because normally it would be like, no, art doesn't pay money. Go over here. <laughs> that's it. That's Join it. the family business. Like that. Actually, it was like I was thinking about doing like um, um, art. But again, was my mom like, okay, maybe instead instead of art, you can do something like advertising, right? Yeah. Uh, that's why I choose basically advertising. I, every interview I've done so far, has, somebody's mom has come into the conversation <laughs> quite early on. Parents are very like huge influence oh, on us, aren't yes, they? Yes, definitely. Yes. Even when we're adults, they're still guiding and influencing in the background. Yeah. So what did she say when you said, Mama, I'm going to go and be a CrossFit trainer? Um, well, it was, uh, at, at first I think that they think it was like me just trying to handle a little bit my life after a divorce. Mm. It was one of, I mean, someone that has divorced, they know that it's, it's a tough time in your life, right? So I think that they were thinking, okay, she's just trying to, mm, guess how she can move forward right yeah. but when i say okay i don't want to work anymore in advertising i want to move to crossfit my mom was like why yeah <laughs> why i mean you have everything right now you have good money you 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 do your like your work you do a nice work why do you want to do this mm -hmm. i said i just want to i mean i find this uh, I know that you cannot understand what I'm feeling, but it's like, I think that is something that is it, worth a try. And it was like, we had like rough times, like rough yeah. years through this, like trying to accept the thing that I want to do instead of the things that she want me to do. So yeah, it took me a while. But the passion was there. Yeah, it was you there. You really found your spark. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yes. I mean, I think I'd, there are some people that... Uh, maybe you are not agree with it, this, Vicky, but I think that people think that they cannot change, but definitely I think that people <gasps> can change. Oh, yeah. I think people uh, can change. And definitely. I drastically. totally agree with you. Totally agree. And I think it's good me. for us as well. Yeah. To take uh, different tacks in our yeah. careers and do different things. Because yeah. it makes us more interesting people. Hmm. Richer, inexperienced, and, and nicer. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yes. So for me, it was when I decided to become a trainer, it was like, it was like kind of a, you know, when people take the, their level one, it's like, okay, I'm taking this course, right? Yeah. And that's it. But for me, it was like, I was like completely in panic. It, it was like something like so, so, so important for me mm -hmm. because it was like kind of the meaning of, okay, I, this is like the first step of changing 
officially my life, yeah. right? So for me, it was a nice, very nice experience. But at the same time, I was completely terrified. I studied like so much for three months, like everything. It's like, I think that no one in the entire world could study that much, the level one. Because it was like something like, for me, it was really, really serious. Thing. Where did you take it? Where did you... Um, it was in New Jersey, in CrossFit Morristown, at the end of July, 11th of July, 2011. Wow. She still remembers yeah. the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was Austin Maleolo. In oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Spencer Hitler. Wow. And Hobart. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so all competitors. Yeah, like absolute heroes, all teaching. That's it. As well. But I mean, for that time, I didn't even know who they were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got some, that's a pretty good place to start with good mentors. Like yeah. That. So once you've got the L1, did you start to teach and coach immediately or how did it go? No, actually, um, I stay in the States for July, like almost four more months. Um, in that box, um, I asked for being like, have like an internship or something like that. Mm -hmm. So basically in that four months, I was spending my time basically driving because it was like 50 kilometers away from my apartment and staying the entire day yeah. there, like watching mm -hmm. and that's it. And maybe cleaning the equipment yeah. and go back my, to my home, like for four months like that. Um, by the end, they gave me a t-shirt and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's beautiful though. Cause it's like, that's the sort of thing that like a kid does. It doesn't, uh, I know? think that people don't do that anymore. I was, I, I think that they should, don't you? I'm yeah, like, I think they a, should. That's a beautiful dedication to learning. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, people don't do that anymore, and it's a pity. I know that people need to be paid for what they've yeah. done, but if you want, I mean, I I was 30, and it's like, I mean, like all the experience that I have basically was because I was uh, competing in grass hockey, like several years, and spending the time like in my parents' uh, global gym, but not like studying or something mm. like that, which basically doesn't, mean anything right now for me like thinking like the lack of a university career maybe yeah. in sports science or something like that but by that time I was thinking okay I need to know yes. as much as possible in the less time possible because I'm 30 I'm not 20 or something like that and and yeah it was like four incredible months and then I come back to Spain and basically by that time it was like just uh, four boxes mm in in spain and was there was where were they in madrid uh one in canary island and then was one in zaragoza and two in madrid so you went to one in madrid i guess huh you went to one of the yeah. boxes in madrid yeah i said so, hi i'm nat i'm the new coach <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay i'm, I'm straight from america i've got uh, loads of experience <laughs> <laughs> oh but that time i i took actually the level one uh, the CrossFit Endurance Seminar in New York and the Gymnastics Seminar in Orlando. All right, so, so been busy. Yeah, it was been busy as always. But yeah, just by that time, I tried to get as much information as possible mm. in the less time possible. So you landed a job in Madrid? Uh, no. So the thing is that yeah, I start I started coaching, but it was like just few hours and that's it because by that time it it was completely different it it wasn't like like it's now mm. it's like you had a box the job that i mean it's just for you as a coach you coach all the classes yeah and you are the owner mm. and that's it and maybe you have one more coach and that's it yeah so it's not like now with eight people or eight coaches in every box or something like that so they gave me because i think it, because it, i was a girl and it wasn't like that popular for girls think, yeah for girls at the time so they gave me a few classes but i couldn't actually work as a full-time coach it was in another box after two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it was like this: like, okay, I'm gonna try a little bit more, but if not, not you need to start looking for something yeah, else. Back to the art. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, you finally made it. Yeah, but I made well, it. Don't give up. That's another example. That's it. And then, so so that was Madrid. How mm-hmm. long did you stay in Madrid for? Uh, for uh, four years. And in that time, you also started to work, uh, you, you judged to regionals as well, didn't you? Uh, yes, that's it. Regionals. Uh, the first one was Invitational. Mm. With Bosman, it was in Madrid. And I, I in, by that time, um, I was like head uh, judge for the entire group. Bloody hell. Yeah, it was like my I wouldn't first. like to be getting no repped by you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was like more, um, it was, remember, have you been in um, the Invitational? I didn't, I went, the only time I went to Madrid was regionals, regionals in 2016. And then just recently I went for the CrossFit Championship. I went oh, okay. So, yeah, this was like a year previous or maybe two. Uh, it was this uh, uh, team's competition with yeah. running and everything. And it was like uh, a beta test for regionals. Mm. So they did it in Caja Magica, just like regionals and everything. And it was kind of an experiment. Yeah. The things like the majority of the judges for that competition, they didn't speak uh, English. Oh. So I was like head judge with boss, but it was more like, okay, just translate everything I'm yes. saying. And that's it. It was pretty cool. It was loads of stress. I was going to say, what a stressful weekend. Yeah. But, it, you know, competitions are like super stressful mm-hmm. if you are inside the organization, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that we did it like decently well because then next year, uh, we did regionals, right? Mm. And for that regionals, uh, I was just judge. And for the next one, I was uh, head judge for another group, like leader. Uh, I had like 20 people in, in charge. Mm. And then then I was, uh, I, I went to the games twice, but not as a judge, but as country manager. And then I met you on the yeah. online games. and When we all had to wear masks. That's it. You were very good. You wore your mask all the time. And yeah. I kept taking mine off because I'm just a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... You were so cool. Yeah. I was like, it's because it was a really long couple of days and you were, you must have, and there's a lot of pressure on you to stay totally professional and totally in the zone. You did a great job. Yeah, it was... Thank you so much. It was an easy... I mean, always, I think that the judges in general, we have a very um, difficult time and our job is really hard. Mm. Um, If we do whatever right, no one get like, uh, receive any credit. Mm. But if you fuck up, then... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nobody says thank you, they just fuck you. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, By that time, I mean, I had a very good time, like, there at C23, but at the same time, it was, like, a lot of pressure because it was just, like, even I was with people around that I know them. Poor Gabby. You better better (laughs) do it right. But the thing is, like, Gabby make things, like, so easy. That's the difference with, like, between, uh, in my opinion, between elite and good athletes, Mm. and the rest. And you can see it in different competitions, how elite athletes um, behave. It's so different from others. In what way? Um, It makes, I mean, they move, most of the time, they move pretty well. And they don't go till the limit in terms of uh, repetitions or range of motion and every, or everything, mm. right? With Gabby, it was so easy. It's true that me as a judge, is like before the workout, I want to say, hey, you better give me this, this, this. If not, I need to know review. So, but I try to, it's not help them. It's just, okay, if you do correctly this, I will be like a good coach. Mm. I mean, and that's yeah. it. And with Gabby, it was like that, right? It's like, Okay, just hit here, hit here, and that's it. And we will be fine. Yeah, because of the movement standards. Yeah, that's it. I mean, have you got any advice for athletes who are being judged? Is there anything that you always like, you like athletes to know about before you start? Um, I always say, hey, hi. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to be your judge. And no, basically, I, I just remind them 
what to do and what not to do, mm -hmm. and that's it. And at the beginning, and this is probably an advice for all the judges, is like the first, like the few first seconds of the workout are the most important one probably, because if you are a little bit like flexible there, the rest of the workout is going to be hell. Yeah. But if you at the at first, if you and the first rep that you see that is a, at least a no rep, and that's it, just say no rep. Mm. Um, and if you are like pre uh, taxative, like straightforward, then they are going to behave way better. Because if not, it, it, in my opinion, if not, it's a mess. Yeah. People try to cheat all the time and everything. That doesn't happen actually with like as we. We already talk about um, with elite athletes normally, but yeah, you just need to be very, very focused. And I don't see who I'm judging. Hmm. I mean, I don't see the face. You're it's not, like, it's no, not, it's not, doesn't matter to you if it's no. the last person or the first person on the leaderboard. No, because if not, it's when you get out of focus. Mm. It's like you are there and you just, just judge the standards, the standards, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Nobody who is the person you're judging. So, apart from all of the stress judging, you mm -hmm. also took on a lot of extra stress by accepting the role of country manager for Spain for CrossFit. <laughs> It's not like you just like do you do you sleep at all? Or, <laughs> you know, you're a busy person, uh, and I know that um, this is a big job, isn't it? Because you're representing CrossFit to all of the affiliates mm -hmm. in the country, and I mean, well, explain your role so that we all understand it. So the country manager position uh, started like it was created like four years ago, almost like four years and a half ago. And uh, it was created because of the need in several countries, like the, the, the mo uh, at the beginning, it was just like for five countries or five territories that basically they were, the growth of these territories were like higher than others. And, and the need of translation and the need of having someone in the area in the same time frame or in the same mm. times just to try to help people just to go through the whatever they need. So maybe it was seminars, maybe it was affiliates, mostly it's affiliates, and then became as well social media. But when we started this project, it was like, I think that we never imagined it would be like so, so big responsibility Because when I started, it just like HQ, at that time HQ, now LLC, uh, they sent me and Nicole Carroll just sent me an email mm -hmm. and say, hey, do you want to be in charge of um, like CrossFit Spain? Like I create an Instagram account or something like that. It would be like maybe, I don't know, between four to six hours a week. <laughs> Do Nicole, yes. I get to re renegotiate my role. <laughs> so it was like, and actually, by that time, in that week, I was reading a book, a book from Ryan Holiday, "Ego oh, is the Enemy." Guy. Yeah, yeah, and I which book was it? "Ego is the Enemy." Okay, and I decide to remove Instagram, Facebook, and everything <laughs> from my phone <laughs> that time, oh, that day. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> in the afternoon. So I removed the app like in the morning, arriving from the seminar, and I was on the taxi uh, with the phone. I received this email and it was like, fuck, <laughs> I guess I cannot remove this. You have to reinstall it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and yeah, everything started there. And now it's like, it's like a full time job. Uh, so yeah. you're supporting the affiliates. Yeah. With, with what? Do you, everything, I guess. With everything. So basically what we're... And now we're bringing more and more tools for the affiliates. But it's like since the time that when you decide to open an affiliate, you need to go through an application form. Mm. Um, we can give you like some tools, like different documents, a playbook, like kind of a, a business plan, something like that. The playbook is a new thing, yeah? Yeah. Mm. It's, a new it's thing. great that it's finally... It's it's beautiful. Must There's be wonderful. So, so many tools for for like for running successfully a business, and I think it was like a, a real need mm. in the market for this. So yeah, it's it's beautiful. 
basically, and super useful. Um, then, like, I'm basically like answering emails every day, all the time. Like, if a business owner needs to look for a coach, if they need an invoice, if they need to pay something, if they need to install a payment plan, or if they have a legal problem with the maybe with the area with the town hall. Um, wow, you get involved with it. Ooh. Yeah. We have like, we are really lucky we have a legal department in, in the US, but in Spain as well, we have another legal department. Yeah, so it's, every, it's mostly everything. Mm. And it's between me and Danny, which is the one who is uh, basically all doing all the production stuff on YouTube, Instagram, mm -hmm. and everything. At the beginning, it was just me, but it was like, it was impossible to handle, like, you cannot do everything. No. The um, the uptake and the growth of affiliates in Spain is pretty incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's outstanding. How, how are we doing compared to the rest of the world? Um, right now, we are top two in who's, the world. Who's top one? Um, good question, because <laughs> I I really don't know. I definitely it's not the states. Um, is it South America? Oh, yeah, it's Brazil. It's yeah. Brazil. It's Brazil. That's it with Ricardinho. Who, who can blame them after? Yeah. <laughs> I, would probably, I would like fancy moving to Brazil if they all move yeah. like Guy. It, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Brazil is crazy. So, yeah. Spain is the second biggest, well, fastest growing CrossFit. Right country. now, yes. Like in the last uh, three three months. What's inspired that growth, do you think? Uh, I would like to think is that we work pretty hard. Because that's true, but um, it is, 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 to be honest, it's like completely uh, outstanding what's, what is happening. Just think about like before COVID, we were, we had 413 affiliates. Hmm. And yesterday, I didn't check it today because it's Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, we were 562. It's like we are having like every month right now, like between nine to 11 new affiliates. It's crazy. And the truth is like we had a very bad time during COVID. Um, and I'm going to say this like like soft, like small. Are you going to touch some wood now? Yeah, so that's I'll it. But it's, it, it looks like uh, COVID make us grow so much. How come? Um I, I don't know. I think that if you see, like, I don't know if you can see it here, basically, but in almost every gym, what you can see is, like, we have completely different market than before. Mm. So before, like, uh, the, the typical client or the typical profile was someone that uh, in, in the past they were to a global gym, they get bored, they want something, or they had, like, some sport background or something like that. Yeah. Right now... You have loads, like plenty of new people, and they never, they don't even know what a global gym is, mm. what a dumbbell is. They've never done any sports They're at all. Total sport virgins. That's it. That's it. And why do they come? Because they want to get healthy. Yep, that's it. And some of them, the thing is like, that's the powerful thing about thinking like, okay, we close the gym. But then we start offering like online classes mm. that for us as coaches is like the worst thing ever, mm. right? Yeah. Because it's like a nightmare. I can, yeah, it's a nightmare. Just not, like not just for the coach, I've got to say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's like, but the thing is like when you were coaching that classes, imagine that you are at your home. Um, you normally come to the box and you are a, club, a former uh, client, but you have, I don't know kids or your mom or your husband or whatever that they don't go to the box normally mm. and they start at that at that time they start doing uh crossfit with you online classes and there are a lot of people that right now they start like that okay so it actually happened because they were at home doing it so i'll come and join in with yeah. me yeah some some people like that some people is like they Like, you know, that right now, global gyms, they are, like, under a big, big crisis. There are a lot of gyms that they closed. Yeah. Um, there are people that they don't feel safe 
in mm. that kind of environment. And CrossFit boxes, they are like way more like friendly and yeah. you have your own space. And if you want, you have your own equipment and they're way bigger. And uh, so people just feel safer there. How does, um, how does the rest of Europe pan out for CrossFit at the moment? How are the other affiliates in the other countries doing? Because I'm interested to know if CrossFit Spain, which is obviously beating the market, go girl, <laughs> whether you guys are also talking to each other as a, as a continent. Is that something that you do? Yeah, we actually do like every Tuesday we have um, a meeting like the Euro group, right? Mm -hmm. And we have as well like two WhatsApp groups. One is like the international one and the other is just from Euro, uh, Europe. And we are like constantly in, in contact, I would say. Like uh, some of us, um, like four years and a half ago, we started with this project and it was like well, one from Italy, Matteo Pozzati, um, Germany, Marcus McLean, and there was France, uh, Daniel Chaffet. Um, it was Brazil as well, uh, Ricardinho, and it was UK as well, Oli Mansbridge, and Spain. And we became, uh, we are like a little family. We, we talk about everything. We are like, I cannot even believe that. I think that I talk more with these guys than with some friends. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have obviously a bigger group is the international one. Like, um, we've been, we are like pretty big right now. Almost. I think we are 21 in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. And like for all over the world. Yeah. Um, which again, we have like, uh, as well, like conversations, but it's different. Mm. Like yeah, the, a bit the, more professional. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Less, but in this WhatsApp group in the one that I have with the old ones, right. With the OGs, like, like yeah. on Friday, we send like pictures of glasses of wine oh, cool. or beers or everything. And yeah, we can talk like freely about how we feel because we all, uh, we have like a lot of uh, stress, right. And mm. a lot of pressure. Like sometimes it's like, we feel like we need to show the states that we can do it right when we are doing even better than them, right? Mm. Like, just like in terms of growth. Is there competition there? Um, I don't think it's a competition, but I think that always like US and Europe will be like a little bit like how you're doing. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it better. Right? <laughs> or maybe it's just something nice from CrossFit because as well, like between the countries as well, we share loads of tools. That's something that is working for me, then I'm going to share with you. Mm -hmm. Or something that is working for you, you're going to share with me. But it's like always, I'm I'm competitive. And it's like, okay, I want, I want to have a better YouTube channel than you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's reality, man. Yeah, so you're like comparing subscribers. That's yeah, right. that's it. <laughs> Who's got the best video content? That's it. Yeah, yeah, it's like this. And to be honest... I'm so proud of Danny, which is the, the one that is working with me um, in the Instagram account yeah. because we have, I, it's bad to say this, but I think that we have the better, the best profile. I love the fact have. that you post in Spanish and English. Hmm. I think that I really appreciate that because although I live in Spain and I do speak okay Spanish, I, I think that because you're doing it in both languages, it, it makes it so much more accessible. So many people living here. Because yeah. Spain is not just Spanish people anymore. No, no, no. We have so many different nationalities living here. So it's great that you have the uh, the second language is English. And that's really good. I love that. Because I know that. I appreciate you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I didn't realize it was Danny doing it. So I appreciate Danny for that as well. So tell me a little bit about your competitive nature. <laughs> I was checking you out on the CrossFit, uh, the CrossFit Games website. Oh, really? <laughs> See, when you came with the Open last uh, year. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm so old for That's that. That's so not true. I would like to, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not into competition that much. You already know that. But it's true that I'm pretty competitive. Mm. It was like, I think it was like four years ago, I was like close to make it for... Uh, it was I, I did like very good times and scores on the on the open. Yeah, but that's it. As soon as you put uh, the camera in front of me, I, I fuck up completely. <laughs> yeah. You're just better in the you're better in your own gym. 
Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that especially the pressure of being watched sometimes can uh, yeah, either make you improve that. or completely mess up, can't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Well, which athletes do you like watching then? So if you if you can't compete yourself in that way, maybe there's people you are admiring. Um, I would. I mean, I I think I I admire several people. Just like the whole competitive world, I would say. Like for me, there's so many people that say, oh, because they. They are just working out all the day and then they rest and that's it. I was thinking, man, yeah, even if you don't have any kind of responsibility or job or whatever, if you choose that life, that's already for me something that I couldn't even imagine to push that hard to, mm. to, to work on that, right? I mean, I've been, in the case of Jackie or Gabby, uh, I have seen them like for, the last four years here and I was thinking they are just going every year like they are becoming better and better and better right yeah I I just admire them so much because they work so hard all the time no mm. matter what no matter the weather no matter uh, if it's a bank holiday or not it's like there's like their entire life just goes around that yeah. and it's like incredible for me so uh, definitely there are like the two of them. I uh, admire them a lot. Sam Briggs is my girl. <gasps> Me too. I love Because her. it's uh, my age. <laughs> so it's like, see, I it's just. Her. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast. I would really love to talk to her, meet her. I think she's marvelous. Yeah, I love her. But it's just, uh, it's just the empathy of like, I see like young, young woman, right? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, you're awesome. But yeah. You're, you're 25. Yeah. You're not, you know, eight, your brains aren't hurting. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I admire a lot. I like to talk a lot with uh, Virginia Finol as well. Okay. She's a master. Yeah. Um, I have the opportunity to talk with her several times. And in the last few years, actually, in the last year, we've been doing, like, with CrossFit Spain, several interviews to uh, Oyana, Sepius, or Fabio Veneto, um, and when you have a little bit of time with them and talk, um, even if it's just an interview, right? Uh, you see that they are like closer with you. It's like the relationship is not that like so cold. And mm. um, yeah, I, it's when I started actually to admire people. Because, yeah. Do you, do you think, I mean, like if you look at the, the cross section of, athletes that come out of Europe the majority that are successful as in reaching the games are mm -hmm. coming from the north of Europe mm -hmm. what do you think we're going to see any coming out of Italy Spain that the southern part of Europe in the coming future is there anybody that you you think will come through I um, I don't have like someone in mind last year Virginia Final made it or Chaviosa made it um, I think that there is more people that can make it. I mean, just if, if you see like the growth that mm. we are having, that yeah. basically means that there are more people there must be in this sport, right? We are uh, older than before in terms of, uh, the sport itself mm. and experience. Um, because I think that we just need a little bit more time. Definitely. I mean, it, it takes a while to grow a, a good CrossFit yeah. athlete. I, I mean, cause the, because the affiliates and the sport, work alongside each other they don't always mm. completely match each other yeah they're not aligned they, like in but, the uh, daily basics like in the day-to-day -day thing but, but one, i think that there is some relation there one feeds the other yeah for sure yeah i mean I, if i hadn't started doing crossfit personally i wouldn't then have become really into watching the sport hmm. and getting to know the athletes myself i mean hmm. that 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 for me is how i got into it and you look at um like, like this growth in Spain, we must be seeing. We must see some. I think that top, we just top need boys a, and girls yeah, coming through a soon. little bit more time. What do you think about the um, recent announcements of the um, the reshuffle for the teams and the masters for next year? As in, they are now through the qualifiers, but there'll be less of them going to the games. How do you feel that's going to impact on the sport? Um, to be honest, in terms of if we start thinking about the Open itself, I think that the choice of uh, the decision to have these three-week 
uh, open, what like from bodies? last year. Uh, I think that is marvelous. People love it. I think that mentally helps you so much as well, like pushing even harder. Because I think that in previous year it was okay, but but by the fourth week or the fifth week, people were like so tired mentally, right? They, they change like maybe not lead that they don't change that much their their, mm. their programming or whatever, but in general. So I think it was like definitely a good thing to keep. So even I don't know exactly uh, how it's going to impact these changes that we're doing right now. Um, in my opinion, this is going to be a good, there is going to be a good impact here. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything that has to be with masters, <laughs> probably because I'm a master. Yeah. Um, make me feel that if we are pushing that or changing that is because we care about the, that group mm-hmm. of of population and same with teams right so yeah let's see how it works right yeah i mean it's um from what i understand dave castro said that the plan is to have in the end to have potentially a master's games or hmm. something that is specifically for yeah. them. And it would be great to think that the same thing would be happening for the teens as yeah. well. Because I mean, it was a couple of years ago that we did the comp here. Were you part, did you attend that? When no. John and I was working guys, in a seminar probably. Uh, it was, it was amazing. We came yeah. of teen athletes that all came here and it was a really, well, I, I didn't have anything to do with the organization. I was just photographing it. But it was uh, really exciting to watch all these people coming through. Mm, it's really cool to think, like, in the States, it's more obvious, right, that there are several teens or even when I'm giving, like, CrossFit Kids Seminar, you see that there is, like, so much background, like, people is, like, compete, not sorry, not competing, but training CrossFit, like, since they are, like, super small, mm. like, kids. And they became teens, and you see like the progression. Like for me, teens and masters, like the progression that they have, they are pretty similar. Uh, if you see like in the most competitive um, level, masters, the weight that they are moving, or the difference maybe in in terms of weight with um, uh, I don't know, like an individual athlete, mm. or um, the capacity that they have in the workouts is they are so close. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely, there is some difference, but they are so close that we don't even, I cannot even imagine what can this be like in maybe between five to 10 years. Well, we're only seem getting stronger and stronger That's and it. better and better. So, I mean, I started CrossFit with 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Imagine like, I, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to be the one that say, if I could... I yeah. start CrossFit like 10 years less, yeah, well, yeah whatever. Uh, it is what it is, right? But if we see these um, kids that they are starting CrossFit like with five years, with seven years, mm. when they are like all the, like, the neurological adaptations, they, they learn these neurological adaptations so fast. Yes. That... I think it's just incredible what is going to happen. I think the space needs to be created. A competition space yeah. needs to be created for yeah. these guys to have the opportunity to show what they can do. And I think it just, all it does is encourage them. So hopefully this will become a thing. Yeah, let's see if, I mean, like from here, we are calling you, John. Yeah. Just make another one, yeah. right? I don't know if you, don't know if his, his nervous system, his neural adaptations probably can't handle it because it was pretty stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was like something that um, there is no other uh, teens competition out there. No, it was so definitely something that is yeah. needed. I think so. But probably needs a few b- b- bigger sponsors and some, somebody with deep pockets because it was expensive. Yeah, I yeah, know. I'm talking about competitions. Can you give me some insight into the affiliate competitions that are the new ones that have been launched? I mean, there was a recently, I'm going to get the name wrong, the Lift Move, move, move Work. Move Move Work. Yeah. And what, why, why have they started to do those and how and what is it? What's the reason behind it? So the reason behind all this competition, because competitions, but it's not was it not was just this one. But if you see, if you see like on the past, 
we have been doing like small online competitions and it's because we started like uh, when it was like quarantine mm. we start with a support your local box competition it worked pretty well okay but mostly because um we are trying if you see like what right now what we are doing with in general with competition is trying to make a smaller gap between games or games thinking about competition okay and affiliates so for example in the open you see that now we have like a more approachable um a way to do it three yeah. weekends uh three weeks And then we have now we are licensing uh, events. So we have the Madrid Championship. Now we are going to have the uh, CrossFit Madrid Challenger Series as mm. well. Uh, we are giving the opportunity to, if you are an affiliate, you can request to be a licensed event. Okay. And that was because there was a need, like the, like for so many years, we've been uh, like receiving you know, like emails and calls like a can I call my competition CrossFit? And our answer was always no. Mm. Uh, if you were like um, like official competition from CrossFit uh, HQ by that time. So all the moves that we are trying to do is just a little bit like have like a, a, a smaller step between competition and affiliates because we know that they are like completely different worlds. But at the same time, as you just said, it's like one feed the other. So these competitions, little competitions that we are doing, the last one, I love it. I don't know if you uh, if you know the the workouts. It was, but it was muscle ups. Yeah, it was like. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> one, uh, one was uh, the lift was like a four minute window for a one max uh, clean. Okay. Uh, and immediately it was, I think it was like two minutes rest. And then you have a four minute window for max, uh, bar muscle ups rest. And then an umbrella of eight minutes with, uh, dumbbell push presses, uh, burpees and double unders. So the idea was, okay, I'm going to give you a Metcon. I'm going to give, give you just a one modality, single modality gymnastic and then single modality weightlifting. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you do it? This one? No, I didn't. <laughs> but for me, but I, I couldn't, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I didn't do it. Yeah. Someone asked me to do it with him, uh, but it was a lunch break at a seminar. I was thinking, okay, four minutes plus four minutes plus eight minutes, then yeah. the warm up. I mean, I, yeah, I'm no 40, time. I yeah. need to warm up for, yeah. for this. I cannot like warm up like this no. a little bit. And, These knees take work. longer than that. That's it. That's it. But, um, There was the rest of them. I've, I've done them, um, and yeah, the idea behind all these little competitions that we are doing, like almost like one, one or yeah, one every two months. Wow! Is just to to push a little bit like that community um, that we have, and trying to make like uh, the idea of these. Um, Uh, international community as well. It's not just the community that you have at your box, but mm. well, like trying to build a little bit more around this idea of uh, uh, worldwide community. See how you stack up against other people in other mm. countries. So how's the take-up been on, from the affiliates in Spain? Did you get a lot of people participating? Um, not in that, in this one. Um But on the on the previous ones, um, we had a, a quite good competition, quite a good amount of people. Um, there was another one. What? Which one was? There's one a team one. Was, as well, yeah, no? that's it. That worked uh, pretty well. But this last one, um, I don't think so. I think that we had like I think we got a bit too many things. We got a bit on. distracted by stuff like Rogue. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it was. Uh, I think the timing was a little bit wrong. Maybe they need to do it a little bit later or earlier. It's just yeah. because we've all we've all been like, oh, rogue, oh, Dubai, oh, yeah. you know, well, the Palooza, you know, we're, we're very interested in what's happening there. Maybe unless we just come straight out of summer, hmm. maybe not everybody's quite fit enough for that game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. But it's the, so the intention is to just continue those yeah. small competitions, those small challenges. Yeah, I think that's it's it. a, 
well, we'll see if so many people start to really take it seriously because obviously the big one is the open. Yeah, that's it. It's like, I mean, we have four months for that one. Um, and let's see. Um, yeah, I, personally, right now, is like I'm already focused on, okay, what things I need to address before the open. What because do you need to address? Definitely muscle ups. Yeah. Especially bar muscle ups. Uh, not so much problem with the, with ring muscle ups, but definitely yes with bar muscle ups. Enhanced stand walk is like like completely impossible for me at the moment. But do you have time to train? Uh, yes, uh, I made time. I make Good. time to train always. Yeah, that's something that I, it really impressed me a lot when people start like opening a gym and they start like stop working out yeah. or. When people don't have time, if you are a coach or if you are a coach of coaches, like is my case, mm. I, I'm always working out. Always. I mean, I have my two days rest or one. It depends. But yeah. What's I, your routine? What would you do typically like Monday to take Thursday off? So Monday to Wednesday, then Friday, Saturday train, take Sunday so, off? Yeah. So it depends because of traveling. Oh, yeah. Um. Through the years, it's been like, it's been like almost uh, seven years traveling, like almost every weekend. So, performance-wise, you can feel it, and so it depends if I'm traveling back home on Sunday or a Monday, because sometimes it's a Monday depending on the flights. But normally, uh, what I do is like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday I work out. Thursday, I rest. And then Friday I work out. Saturday I work out, but it's like a little bit light because it's, it's in, the lunch break. Yeah, workout. it's the lunch break, so it's gonna be always always something around ten minutes, and definitely Sunday. I rest. So you have to get that workout in in the Saturday and uh, the lunch break of the seminar. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be really pretty efficient. But <laughs> for example, for the um, on Saturdays um, before. In the past, I was like, when I started just in seminar stuff, it was like, okay, I need to be like on point for Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> I think how, change, how things change. Right now, it's like, okay, let's try not to get injured on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any more like bar muscle ups. I think I hate bar muscle ups that much because I got injured like three times oh. during a lunch break. Um, because I, because you, you don't warm up no. or you warm up like three minutes, maybe. Yeah. So right now what I do normally on lunch breaks is just simple things or maybe like no, no complex gymnastics, no complex weightlifting, something easy, easy to go through and to push hard. Wobbles. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Wobbles, like power snatches. Yeah. Yeah, push-ups, yes. things like that. Tell me, push hard and make it hard, make it disgusting. Wobbles, there we are. <laughs> what do you need to work for the for the open? Me? Yes. Oh, well, I'm still working on my cardio at the moment. I've got quite a long way to go with that. I've got a knee injury, so mm. running is problematic. So yeah, stuff stuff like body running weight. is not going to be. On. I know, but <laughs> things like body weight um, exercise that yeah. are really hard. And I, I find moving barbells and machines quite easy compared oh. to that but stuff like actually moving my own body like, uh-huh. i hate burpees it's like you tell me to do burpees and i'll literally have a sulk so really? yeah but, that, but because of that that's what i have to work on yeah i was doing it. i was doing them yesterday burpee broad jumps horrific mm, yep uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah i have I, I i think that there is like a secret in wobbles and burpees what is it you need to do them as much as there was like there is a point where you don't do you don't care anymore to mm, do them. Yeah. It's like wobbles, okay, whatever. Exactly. Wobbles, yeah. That's it. Wobbles, okay. So keep going. That keep I, doing it. I absolutely will because I I I, def, I refuse to get I refuse to be beaten. And good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I I want to be a good example to my my daughter and to my family and I I I all do think I'm mad. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was your was your project that you have here in Mallorca, mm-hmm. which is a really cool, and I and I admire you very much for doing this. It's a and I I think it's 
it's been described as a prehabilitation project. Yes. I would love it if you would explain to the listeners what it is that you're doing. Yeah, so basically, my as you already know, I work in a, in a, in a box, in a CrossFit box, in a regular box, um, CrossFit, but, but my own gym, I, I have an, an affiliate inside an oncologic unit. Um, what we basically do is like before the surgery that they have, these people are under chemotherapy, probably radiotherapy or any kind of oncologic treatment. And before they are going to go through surgery, we basically prescribe them. Um, I, I don't prescribe CrossFit. It's the doctor prescribing CrossFit. Um, we have normally like two sessions a week. Maybe another one, but it's like um, I send them like a video through WhatsApp. Um, and they do CrossFit for normally between two months to four months, depending on how they are doing with the with the illness. Um, it's been, so far, it's been incredibly useful and beneficial for them. So the idea behind this is like, we are like rubbing like all the data. It's like kind of a study, uh, but it's, it's so obvious, the evidence that the all the benefits in terms of health markers mm. that these people have just by doing two classes of CrossFit a week. Such a little amount of time. That's it. Well, how long is the class that they're taking? Um, it's around 45 minutes. And what kind of um, movements are you teaching them? What's, what, what would a typical class be? Uh, so the first class after... So the, the first session that we do with them is basically like a little test of everything, like the 10 general physical capacities. But after that, the first workout that we do is front. Oh. Yeah. The second one is the yang. Okay. So basically, you you're not playing. Yeah. <laughs> they love me. <laughs> you can tell. So basically, okay, first day we have front. I explain them what is that. We go through um, general warm-up and then we build like we work on the thruster of the mechanics on the thruster and then we work on the mechanics of the pull-ups that normally it's going to be a ring rope probably mm, yeah. or it's going to be a jumping pull-up it depends but normally it's one of these two mm-hmm. and that's it and they go through this beautiful workout 2159 let's go we work like all the like the main uh, the the workout mainly are like all the sessions are benchmarks. Yeah, because it's the easiest way for me to then retest and see exactly what they've done before in the past, or to compare um, different um, different people and how they are depending of the of the level of the illness that they have, the treatment that they are doing, and how they respond between one workout and the other one. So yeah. So working out when you have when you had taking having chemotherapy for cancer, you have to find another level of energy, I suppose, as well. Or is it giving these people energy through the workout? Hmm. So yeah, but that's what I like the most from CrossFit. Till this point, I've been like spending my the last seven years of my life a little bit more about coaching in in gyms, right? In CrossFit gyms. But with these people, I have learned so much, like the importance of um, uh, of high intensity and how how intensity is relative to the capabilities of the individual, mm. right? And for them, they are like sometimes you can see that these people they don't complain. Not like there's there's like there is something inside of me. It's like okay, you see these people that they are not complaining, and then we go to a regular gym. And we are complaining all the time. Yes, we are. And these people is like, for them, they told me, right? They tell me, it's like, if you think that this is going to save me, I'm going to do it. Mm. And it's as easy as this, right? Different perspective. Totally. Yeah. Then they, there are sometimes that there are some days that they are really fucked up mm. with the, with the treatment. And they're like, oh, I don't feel well. And, I cannot experience what they are feeling, right? But I say, okay, Pedro, so today we're just going to move. 
And sometimes it's like, oh, I, I thought I wouldn't like make like complete, like anything, right? And we've made a, a workout. Mm. So yeah, they if they are coming, they are going to work out. How we're going to do it, we don't know. We'll see. How much time are you spending in the unit every week? Uh, to, at the moment, just two classes a week. Yeah, it depends. With COVID, we couldn't make any more, and we are not doing any more classes. The max, max, maximum people I have in class is three people, mm-hmm. because sometimes they are like the, the cases are so different that yeah. we cannot put them together. Um, right now, still like the hospital, we have been not working with the patients for a while. Like it, it wasn't a year, but kind of because with all the, the with the vaccines and the masks, mm-hmm. and these people are like they are in risk. Yeah, but ironically, in, in my opinion, okay, if they are in risk, they need to work out, right? Yeah. But you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a hospital and it's a yeah. public hospital. It's, it's not that easy sometimes. Everything started with Carlo Brugiotti, which is a, a doctor. And he was one of my clients at Free Move. And he's also a work doctor. And we started talking like four years, let's say, yes, four years ago about he was already like thinking about this project and for me it was like mind blowing it was okay where I need to go I want yeah. to do this with oh, you. Good for you and we start pushing it but it's really difficult just because like all the politics around hospitals right and we need to have a doctor that likes CrossFit tick <laughs> that's it <laughs> and you need to you need to have a doctor that has like I don't know if it's power, but at least influence influence with the people who is basically managing the hospital, right? And then you need to have the the people that is managing the hospital. It has to be someone with an open minded, Mm. uh, open mind. Because if not, if you don't put these three things together, I think that is almost impossible. So it's a bit of a unicorn you've got on your hands then. Kind it's of. very rare. <laughs> Tell me the name of this guy again, Carlos. Carlo Brugiotti. Carlo B- Brugiotti. Yeah. Shout out for Carlo. <laughs> well done. And good job you too. Yeah. I'm really, I'd like to come visit one day and take some pictures of, you, of you training with your clients. Definitely. I would be honoured actually to get to do that. So what, you, what is in the future for you now? What's, I'm very lucky that you're actually physically here in <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, me too. What's coming up next? Do you just... Plugging away, teaching seminars. I'm yeah, I'm I'm really excited how old seminars are are growing in Spain. It's super crazy, and I want to be in all of them because basically it's like it's like a fucking drug. This thing yeah. of the seminars is, is incredible and a little bit dangerous as well. Like how identified sometimes we are with our work, right? Really. Like, uh, in my case, I would say so. Yeah, it, I, I dig into CrossFit that hard like 10 years ago, right? Like, uh, it's like, this is my thing and everything. And I've been spending like seven years already like teaching. Yeah. I love teaching. It's something that I, I really love. You're like a, a, like a CrossFit mama. <laughs> yeah, how some many, people say how, you're my CrossFit mama. How many people have you have you taught? I've I've done so far 180 seminars. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did you get a T-shirt? Yeah. No. <laughs> Not a normal T-shirt. Not that one. <laughs> really, you have cheeky buggers. We should be having those stuff like sweets. Yeah. And how many people are in each of those seminars? Uh, between 20 to 50. Yeah, it right. depends. So, You've given yeah. birth a lot. Then. Yeah. Well a done. Lot of them. Yeah. And. Do you feel like when you're teaching that you are, do you ever remember that first time that you were in, the, in your first seminar when you attended? Do you ever get goosebumps when you're teaching people? Um, the, my idea every seminar, and I know that it's difficult to, to believe this, but I don't think I have done um, one seminar 180 times. I think that I truly, I, I've done 
180 seminars. Different ones every yeah. time. People doesn't believe that I can um, I can recognize them. Maybe I don't remember your name, but I can set you in which seminar you were or if you tell me something or not. Um, the main idea, like every time, like every trainer meeting that we had before the seminar, I, I say to my team, team, this, we have 48 hours to impact these people that mm. much to believe that this is their passion as someone did with us. Right. So let's make it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that was great. <laughs> when are you doing the next one? Here that real next week. <laughs> right, I'm just going to sign up now. <laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure to get to speak to you. Thank you so much. Without masks on, in a night, without all crazy stuff going on around us. See? And um, please come back and talk to me again soon. Yeah. I'll just talk, I'd love to talk more about... Um, teaching and okay. how you coach and the, the science behind it and how you how you've changed your life and so many other people so thanks Nat thank you thanks Nat for your time and your insights and your passion keep changing lives if you're enjoying the Europe is coming podcast please leave us a five star review and tell your friends all your feedback and support helps so much thanks for listening and Bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.